just one? Uh, you you will not hear don't think. Do I need to say it again? Let me let me say something here. Y'all need to lean in. You you way too slow. You got so much on your mind. When you come in the in the house of God, you get before the Lord. You empty yourself of everything that's distracting you. That man, when the word of the Lord comes, you can be ready to receive. That would that's what needs to happen here. I I tell you, I'm gonna get with the praise team because when Stephanie, when you sing a song and you lead a song. And it's your time, you step up right here. You step into what God wants you to do. Brandon, when you play a solo, you step into it. You lean into it. You put all yourself in whatever you're doing. Mike did a great job of that this morning. I asked him to do something and he stepped into it. No fear. You trust the Lord. And all of a sudden, man, things just run through you. The anointing just flows through you. So whatever God is calling us to do, you step into it. You don't bow down to fear. You don't, you keep your confidence. You stay in the anointing and you just step into it. And when you do that, I mean, what you say is so sharp and it's so penetrating. And so we don't, we don't just kind of ease into what the Lord is telling us to do. Once he gives you the release, you jump into it. That's what I'm about to do. I'm finna jump into something. So I'm gonna say it again. I had a vision and I was seeing through the eyes of my spirit, people standing at a door. The door was locked. Something shut down in your life and you were worried about it, concerned about it. Couldn't go any further. You're kind of like stuck in a place. Now who was here? That's my whole point. You got to stay alive under the word of God. You got to keep your ears open to what the spirit is saying. If you got to sit in the front, sit in the front. This is the hour of God's power to be released in this church and you need to position yourself to receive. And so anyway, there was a, I prayed for the people that stood up. Quite a few people in this church stood up. And so when I went to El Dorado, I was preaching. And this image of you standing up in this church, it kept coming to me. And I'm like, I'm not going to say this again just because it worked at the river. I don't want to just do something because I saw it work another time. I needed the release from the Holy Spirit. And so, man, I'm just preaching and this thing kept bothering me. So I just stopped and I said the same thing. I said, man, if you're standing at a closed door and you're not happy and you're frustrated and you're asking God why and you don't know what's going on and you shut down, would you stand up right now? 95% of the people stood up in that church. I'm talking about they didn't like, yeah, you know, that might be me. I might fit that description. I mean, they popped up like corks. Very attentively, it shocked me. I was so I was like taken. I, it just it was it just shocked me that many people. And this was a pretty large church. Even the pastor stood up. Much of his leadership stood up. And I'm like, oh my God, there's 
so many people in the body of Christ that are standing before something that's shut and they don't know what to do and they're frustrated. And so when I left the church, I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, you, you should follow up on this word that I had for your church and what I saw in my spirit. I said, you should follow up on that and, and help the people redirect, help the people turn from this thing that God closed. And when God closes a door, that means he's not behind that door anymore. That means you don't need to go back to that. Right. That means you need to do something else. And so I came home and I'm thinking, my, that just, all of these people standing up, it just has been on my heart. And I told the pastor to help them, but I wanted to know what the answer was. And so I sought the Lord and the Lord really showed me what we need to do when one phase of our life or a season of our life or a time of our life is over. Too many people stay at that door. Too many people hang out and camp there when God's already moved away. And so the Lord really began to show me what we need to do when doors are slammed. First of all, when a door is slammed in your face, I know how it feels. You feel like your hands are tied. tied. You feel somewhat imprisoned because what was going on in this room before or in that activity of life before, you know, it was part of you. But now, boom, it's shut. Where's Mandy? Right here. Me and Mandy talked last night. And I talked about, I, I didn't know what to preach on. Mandy called and I just knew right away. I said, Mandy, there's a shut door. God shut it. And he's not behind that door anymore. And you need to move on. And I was beginning to get the message to tell her how to move on but I hadn't got it yet and so Mandy you stirred that in me so again we're giving the life of Sean some credit here alright so this is what we're going to do we're going to talk about what we need to do when that door shuts now before I preached the message I was kind of in the green room and their leadership was in there and they were going over the uh, service the service flow and so when I got up and I was leaving out a young man about the age of Chris, he came up to me and he said, I saw two things on you. I said, what was that? He said, I see a fog and I see fire. Man, I, I said, dude, you don't even realize what you said. And he was kind of like, was afraid to tell me. But he knew it was the spirit of God. And I said, you have any idea what I'm about to preach on in these two services that I was asked to come up here uh, to do. He said, what? I said, the fog and fire. <laughs> now, I didn't need the confirmation. I think it did more for him than me. I already knew what I was going to do. But it was confirmed, so, you know, I was going to do it anyway because the Lord already spoke to me. And so when he said fog and fire, the fog is water. And so I preached on the waters of God's life. And then that next night, I preached on the fire of God. So that was like the catapult, the thing that caused me to spring into releasing the anointing that I had or what was on that word that I have. And so I started thinking about the fog and the fire, and it, all of a sudden, it's all coming together. And so I'm going to take you to the fog and the fire in the Bible. Can we go there? Turn to Numbers. 
Numbers 9, verse 15 through 23. It's going to sound a little redundant when I read this, but just listen. Come on, everybody lean in. Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud, that's the fog, covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony. Good words right there. From evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle, like the appearance of fire. So there's the fire. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. So there was a cloud by day and a cloud of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain in camp. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So if the cloud stayed on the tabernacle for two days, they camped for two days. If the cloud moved for two days, they journeyed for two days. So it was when the cloud remained only for evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, they would journey. So the cloud sometimes would come on the tabernacle for just a day. And the next day, they're packing up things and they're going to move. So it didn't matter how long the cloud stayed, they stayed under the cloud. And if the cloud decided to move, they just moved with the cloud, whether by day or by night. It didn't matter what time of the day it was. When the cloud moved, whether it was fog or fire, they followed it. Whether day by night, whether the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain camp and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained in camp. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now that's important right there, the hand of Moses. So there's a man involved. Not only were they following the cloud by day and the fire by night, but during those times, the Lord would speak to Moses, a man. Y'all with me? And so they're working with the cloud, but they're also working with the man. They're in the middle of the Sinai Desert. There's nothing out there. There's nothing green, there's no food, there's no water, there's no shelter. Without the fire at night, you freeze. Without the cloud during the day, you burn up, you dehydrate, you don't make it, you don't live. This story is telling us the importance of the presence of God. And when I started reading this, I started paralleling this with the New Testament. 
Now we know when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water, there was a cloud. But the cloud didn't stay on him. The cloud got in him. So I will be contrasting this morning the cloud that they followed and the cloud and fire that resides on the inside of you. There's so much of a parallel. But yet in the Old Testament, it's only a type and a shadow of what's to come. It's not the reality in the Old Testament, but it's a, a, a piece or a part or a glimpse or a trailer or a preview of the reality of what's really to come in Christ. Are y'all getting this? This is going to be so good. You're going to like this. So nobody is crazy enough to move from the cloud by day in the cloud. Oh, you die. You don't make it. And so as soon as the cloud lifted, nobody was saying, I ain't going. They knew better. Matter of fact, when the cloud started to move, all of the crowds of people started to move. Now, let me say this. We're not following crowds. We're following the cloud. And so when, they would, when the cloud would move, they would move. And if you didn't move, you probably got run over. And if you didn't move, you would just disappear and die and your body would just decay in that desert. So in this scripture, I say three ways. And listen, God is not looking for people to make decisions. God is looking for people to hear his voice. You know, I, I finally realized it. I'm not making a whole lot of decisions. I'm just hearing from the Lord. And it's called wisdom. We apply wisdom, but the wisdom comes from hearing the Lord. So you understand if we would put a big parenthesis around all of those scriptures I just read, it would mean guidance. Who needs guidance? And so the Lord showed me this. People that are standing by that door, they don't know what to do. They need guidance. And the first thing you do when something's shut, you got to get a relief from that. Because if you, don't, if you don't release what God shut, God can't help you because he's going to move on. And so you have to get a release. You have to release it. So do that in your heart right now. If anything shut down on you in life or shut you out in life or this season of your life is over, you just need to ask the Lord to give me a release. First thing you do when you get that release, you turn to God for guidance. I have watched this as a pastor for years. A door shuts and all of a sudden people turn for the door and I'm telling you the opportunities it's a Broadway. You know uh, the job shut down so they move away. Never inquired of the Lord. It's all about money. The first thing you do when something shuts down you inquire of the Lord. Ask David. He lost everything. His life was shut down and he inquired of the Lord what to do. What was his next step? And his next step was fight the good fight of faith. And so my first point is, is when the door shuts, you need guidance from the Holy Spirit. Notice we're talking about the tent of testimony. That's you. You're the tent of the Holy Ghost. You're the tent of the cloud. It also talks about the tabernacle of the witness. You are the witness of Christ in the earth today. 
And it's a type of the believer following the cloud. And you might say, man, if we just had to follow a cloud in Louisiana to get everything we need, that would be so nice. That would be so easy. No, 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 no. We got it a lot better. The cloud is not in the air. The cloud is in us. The cloud is not something we observe. The cloud is within us. So the moving of the cloud ordered their journey. They didn't have anything to say about the journey. I don't like that. It don't matter. You don't like it. You don't do it. You die. So the cloud is all about ordering their journey. And if we could talk about how good God is, he is actually providing for them. He's protecting them. And now he's going to guide them or direct them. So somebody say God is good. But this is Old Testament in a desert. We live in a world today and the cloud lives on the inside of us. And so there's three uh, ways that we see that the Lord used the cloud in the Old Testament. And the first way was, is just a witness. You know, as soon as the cloud moved, they would stop and decide, okay, the cloud's moving, let's pack up, let's go. So the first uh, glimpse we get of following the cloud is just stop and go. It's just stop and go. I mean, that was it. Okay, let's go. Cloud stops, we stop. Cloud moves, we go. Cloud stops, we stop. And you know what? If we would take that into the New Testament, we would see the witness of the Spirit on the inside of us works the same way. Sometimes you don't have all the information. You don't know what your journey is. You don't have the details, but you do know the stop and goes. You begin to approach something and you know it's not God, all of a sudden this red flag goes off and says stop. Or sometimes when I went to Cambodia, I, I mean, I heard somebody talk about Cambodia and all I got in my spirit was a green light. Sometimes it's stop and go, sometimes it's red and green. And I just got a green light. And I've said it so many times that Cambodia was a green light nation for me. I don't know what's there. I don't know the details. I'm not sure what we're going to do there, but I got a green light. Somebody say sometimes just a yes or no is good. <laughs> you understand? So that's the first smidgen of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. The commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. In other words, God was speaking to Moses in the holy place. So Moses actually had words from the Lord, possibly that no one else heard. And so now as the leader, he's sharing what he heard. This is a little more information. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a little more information. Same thing as a believer. Sometimes you just get a no. Sometimes you just get a go. Sometimes God will give you a few more details, give you a little more clarity to really direct you. Come on, somebody. And the third one is, first is no and go. Stop and go. Yes and no. The second one is, he'll begin to speak to your spirit like he spoke to Moses because you understand, the prophets in those days would direct. That's mostly what they did. They would direct. But a prophet in this day doesn't direct, it confirms. Like when that boy came up to me and he said, uh, I see fog and fire on you. 
He was not directing me. He was just confirming what God already told me. That's how the Spirit works in the New Testament. So when somebody prays over you, prophesies over you, you should get a confirmation of what they're saying. And if you don't, you just put it on a shelf. You just put it away. And maybe down the road sometimes that you'll get a good witness in your spirit that you need to do that. And so that's why I'm not looking. You don't ever need to go look for a word. If you go look for a word, you're going to find something sometimes you didn't want to hear because the enemy can come as a shining light. And so don't ever go look for a word. Go for the word. Get in the word. Dig into the word. Get into the spirit of God. Let him speak to you that when God uses a ministry gift in church, it's only confirmation. It's like a billboard. You're on the right road. You're at the right place. You're headed in the right direction. Number three, Numbers eleven sixteen. The Bible says, so the Lord said to Moses, gather me 70 men of elders of Israel whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there and I will take the spirit that is upon you, Moses, and I will put the same upon them. They shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it all yourself. And so even in that day, God would speak in a way that it's yes or no, or God will speak in a little more specific, little more detail, or God will have people in the congregation as he had then, that the spirit would come on them and then they could speak the word of the Lord to help the people of God get in place. That's the three things that actually happen in the Old Testament. So the similarities of the door of Egypt being closed and the door of your life, doors in your life getting closed, it's, it's pretty much the same. The door of Egypt was shut to the Israelites. God never wanted them to go back, but there were times that they wanted to go back. You know, when you come out of what you've been in and it's all new and it's like, uh, new territory you're not familiar with things so you're always leaning to the past they kept smelling the onions and the hamburgers and the fried chicken and you know they didn't know what God was going to do out in the wilderness I mean, you, I mean there's nothing out there and so they were like us when we get in an area of our life of maybe desperation or a desert or a place you don't know what to do because the door was closed what do you do? You trust God. You listen to the voice of the Lord because the door he shut is shut and it means he's taken you somewhere you've never been before. So you got to trust him because nothing's going to feel right. Nothing's going to look right. You can't analyze it right. Nobody else understands. You just got to trust God. So the, the door to Egypt was shut. Just like a, maybe a door in your life is shut, you don't want to go back to that thing. Notice in Old Testament scripture, God is providing, protecting, directing his people in this vast unknown area. Anybody ever get a, in a place in life? Man, do you are. You ever get in a place in life, you just don't know what to do. I mean, come on, let's just put your spiritual stuff down. It's like 
Really? I mean, some of us say, all I did for you, God, you ain't did much for God. He's doing everything for you. Don't, don't rely on him. Trust him. Put all of your hope in him. Don't back up on God. Don't disregard God. Keep your eyes on him because it's a new journey. Egypt is permanently closed. If anyone would rebel against the cloud, they will die. And so when you're coming out of that place that has been shut down, you got to connect to the cloud. you got to connect to the fire. Or you will die. You will get in your carnal mind. I've watched, I've watched people that it's a bad betrayal relationship. Something goes really bad and that door is shut and they come out and they're in the flesh now. Next thing you know, they're yoked up with someone they shouldn't be yoked up to because they did not inquire of the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you're going to live in this life, there are going to be plenty of doors that people shut in your face. And that's why we have to go to the Lord first. We have to hear his voice. The, the most precious, most valuable resource that we have is that we can hear from the Lord. We have that privilege to hear from the Lord. You don't have to call the sister. You don't have to call the intercessors. That's all good. You need that, but what you need to do first is inquire of the Lord. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Somebody say, I'm moving with God. Anybody ever heard the term a broken record? Well, a broken record is really not a broken record. A broken record is where the needle gets stuck. It's not cracked, it's not broke, it's stuck. And sometimes when the door is shut, if you stand, stand there too long, whine, complain, doubt God, don't put your faith in him, I'm telling you, you're like a broken record. You're stuck. <laughs> Revelation 3, 6, and 8, everyone who hears this should listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Spirit is talking to people here today. Write this to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. Here is a message from the one who is holy and true, the one who holds the key of David. When he opens something, it cannot be closed. And when he closes something, it cannot be opened. Egypt was closed. I'm telling you in your life right now, the Egypt that you came out of, the world that you came out of, that door has been closed. Don't go back there. Don't go play with it. Don't go looking for it. That door is closed. How to hear the voice of the Lord. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I heard somebody say this, the steps and the stops of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I mean, God is, is, you know, God's always on the move, but sometimes he will have us in a place. Sometimes you gotta stop. You just gotta stop. You just gotta stop. And this next point I'm about to hit, it's gonna help us all. Psalm 37, 7, before this scripture, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Boy, that's a tough one for Americans right there. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Often we are too busy and distracted to even hear the voice of the Lord. That's the biggest problem in the body of Christ today. Nobody, not nobody, but many people are not looking to God eye to eye. We were at the health fair the other day and someone was giving a presentation and it great presentation but they were looking away from me and after I encouraged the person I said man when you give in your presentation you look those people straight in the eyes and don't you look away you believe in your product I mean if your confidence it's just going to come out if you bow down you look away you lost your confidence you're not sure of what you're selling and so the problem with the church today, people are not sitting with God and talking to him eye to eye. They hear another preacher say it. They hear Pastor Butch say it. They read something. And it's all secondhand information. If you want to grow, if you want to grow in God, you better get some firsthand information sometimes. Now you'll get a witness from things that people say and things that people preach because they have ministry gifts to help us all. But you understand, we cannot live on secondhand information. It needs to come from the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds, as present tense, out of the mouth of the Lord. I notice in El Dorado, Arkansas, they don't have as many distractions as we have here. I mean, there's just not this whole football thing. I love football. It's not this whole Hollywood thing. There's a lot of good stuff there. It's not this whole music thing. I like that too. It's, it's not, you know, everything that's blitzing our mind, the media, Facebook. I mean, everything that's coming through the, the waves of man's technology, it wants our attention. And you will never, ever hear from the Lord unless you can be still. That's the hardest thing for anybody to just be still. God said, be still and know that I am the Lord. Moses, God told Moses at the Red Sea, at the sea be still. Be still. I hear horse hoofs. I hear the army of Egypt coming. I'm in a rock between a rock and a hard plate and you want me to be still? I mean, somebody's got to do something. I mean, you just can't sit here and die. Well, if you are not tapping into the cloud, you're going to die. You may get by for a while, but we need to hear from the Lord. So he stood still in a hard time. And I mean, imagine three million people standing behind the preacher. And he's like, I'm waiting on the Lord ridicule <laughs> I ain't following you are you crazy so everything takes us away from waiting on the Lord the Bible says you wait on the Lord you become strong most people wait get weak you ain't waiting right you're not expecting anything you're expecting God to get on your side do what you want done me too I'm talking to myself the Bible said he leads us beside still waters. Why? So he can lead us. <laughs> if he can't get us still, 
if he can't get us from all the distractions of this word, he can't lead us. That's why people are being led by the flesh, even in the church, because they can't be still. God wants relationship with us. You know, I have people all the time come up to me and it's kind of like this. Man, me and you need to do this. And me and you need to do that. Get in business. Go do this together. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. I don't, I mean, you want me to invest in you? And I don't even know you. And matter of fact, it's just you. You don't have no family. You don't have no job. You don't have nothing. Nobody else is trusting you or investing in you. And you come up to me and you want me to get on board with you without a relationship? Well, God feels the same way. You want me to invest in you? You want me to do some great things in your life? I don't even know you. You don't meet with me. We don't have a relationship. You're not looking eye to eye with me. You want what you want, but you're not concerned about my best for you. Somebody say the Father knows best. Romans 8, 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. If all you do is fish, that's what your mind's on. And that will be all you do. <laughs> Whatever you set your mind on. And if it's fleshly, earthly, central, worldly things, that's the walk you're going to walk. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We shouldn't have to coerce anybody to come to church. We, we shouldn't have to manipulate, raffle off money, raffle off shotguns and bed and breakfast trips to different places to get people to church. <laughs> but that's what the church is doing because people are so mindful of the things of the natural. And so that gets their attention. I'm telling you, when, God, when you learn, when you find out how it feels to get God's attention, you will leave the world alone. He wants us more than we want him. He desires to have a relationship this year in 2020 with all of us like we've never, ever had before. To be carnally minded is death. I'm not following the cloud. Well, you just find his bones about two weeks later. <laughs> to be caught. No, I was going to say the birds. There ain't no birds out there. There's nothing. And so if you're going to be cornally minded, you're going to be spiritual on Sunday, but cornally minded the next six days, you're not looking into the eyes of the Lord through his word or by his spirit. You understand you're only going to think cornal things. So you're always trying to fix your life with stuff that's in the world. You need more money. You need a new relationship. You know, you need a new job. You need a new boat. You need a new car. I mean, you understand. We, I mean, we have to live in this world, but we're not of this world. We need to be spiritually minded because when you're spiritually minded, it's life. It's the abundant life in John 10, 10, and it's peace. To hear the voice of God, we must first know man has three parts. You, you, there's three parts of you. The first part is your body, but your body ain't you. I don't care how you make it look nice. I don't care how you comb it, you nip it, you tuck it, you, you, you make up it, you, you cut. I mean, I don't care what you do with your body. That ain't you. 
Matter of fact, if Jesus doesn't come back and you die, you just rot somewhere. And they try to fix things up, put you in a vault so you laugh a, last a little long, but you still don't look good. And so you, the real you is not your body. Matter of fact, the real you is not completely yet your soul because our souls, our mind, will, and emotions, they're being renewed. But we are changing. But our spirit, that's where the cloud resides. That's God's place, his residence. That's the place the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. That's the place, that's who we really are. Spirit. The Bible says in, uh, in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the light of the Lord. Now you know in this time they didn't have incandescent bulbs. So let's go back and let's read it again. The spirit of man is the fire of the Lord. There's the cloud of fire right there. And the Lord showed me that that the light, first of all, or the fire, first of all, is within. That's the witness. It's within. And then it's around us because the Bible says that the, uh, the word of God is a lamp to our feet. So the, the light is in us. It was in Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration when that fire came out of him. It got in his face, it got in his clothes, and the fire of God or the cloud of God's power and presence hit these individuals. They fell on the ground. And so we see that the, the fire, the light of God is within us. But it can be released to be around us. And then it says, you know, the word of God is a lamp to our feet today now. But it's also a fire to our path future and so you see we totally taken care of in the light of the word of God he gives us a yes on the inside then we begin to see it around us real close in our family and in our finances and in our children but we can also see the light of the glory of God in our future to come somebody say that's good so the spirit of God it says is searching all the inner depths of our heart. That is so good. To be carnally minded is death. Seven quick deceptions of the enemy to prevent you and me from hearing the voice of God. Seven. I got them like A. Number one, A is appearance. Not everything that you see is the way you see it. I just said it. The devil can come as an angel of life. There's a story in the Bible that Joshua, he was being attacked by all the nations around him. And there was one nation, which was a neighbor, they decided to deceive Joshua because they knew Joshua was armed up and he was ready for battle and anybody around him that was coming against him, he was gonna take them out. Matter of fact, he was on a, on, on a, on a fight. He was in, in battle array. And so these neighbors, they decided, listen, let's do this because we want to get on his side because we don't like him, but we want to be on his side so he don't kill us. And so what they did, they dressed up in old clothes with holes in their blue jeans. And they got old beat up sandals and they didn't comb their hair. And the food that they had, 
They made it look like it was molded, and it was molded, and it was dried out. And the wine skins that the new wine was in, it's all cracked up now. And so when they came up on David, it looked like they came from near, but they really had come from far. And they put this costume on to make it look like they're coming to help him. And David fell for it. The Bible said that Joshua fell for it. And the Bible says they looked at the bread, they tasted the bread, they looked at everything, and it all looked okay. So they got in covenant with them. And once they got in covenant with them, they found out it was a whole hoax. They, he had been deceived. And the Bible says right here, listen to this. Oh, I didn't write it down. In other words, they didn't inquire of the Lord. They just saw what they saw. They made, they calculated it, and they said, this is God. And the scripture says they did not inquire of the Lord. Come on, man. How many of y'all know there can be some, some wolves in sheep skin? How many of y'all know there can be some tares amongst the church folks? I mean, so it, it don't all look good, so we need to have a spirit of discernment. Number two is B. Number one was A, appearance. Number two is busyness and distractions, and I already covered that. You need to put some time away. You need to get with the Lord. Number three is chances and coincidences. Coincidences. I mean, I hear so many people in the church world flip a coin. Oh, that's God. That's God. It was, it was heads three times. That's God. That's God. And God took, that's it. That's it. That's it. Or man, just rub a rabbit's foot or throw some salt over your shoulder or a coincidence. This thing keeps happening. This thing keeps, I mean, that's got to be God. It keeps coming up. It's, it's got to be God. No, you better inquire of the Lord because the devil can fool with the coin and make it turn right the way it needs to be. And the devil creates all kinds of coincidences. Number four, demonic influence, the occult. Saul hired the witch of Endor to summon the spirit of Samuel for advice for a battle. It all looks good. It all looks spiritual. But he got in trouble for it. And even today, uh, I mean, you can go to a psychic. So many, there's people in church going to psychics because they have answers. And listen, the devil don't know your future, but he can plan it. I remember years ago, somebody in this church was saying a person would die every year at this time, 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 every year at this time. So the devil just, we give him credit for setting all this up. But now he knows he's favored. So if he just keeps, he, he's a killer. He don't know people's future, but he can kill people. He can destroy people. And so now we just put it in our mouths and we just speak it. And he inhabits our praises because we're giving him so much credit. Next thing you know, he just does what he does and it just looks all like, wow. And even the supernatural on the dark side, people are so impressed with it. I hear so many people talk so good about the devil and how well he's attacking them. Please, don't give him, don't give him any credit at all how do you stop him from stealing you punch back 
you fight the good fight. When something is said outside of the will of God, you reject it and you throw it down because the integrity of God's word is his bond to us. But if you don't know his word, you don't know his integrity. And if you don't know his integrity of his word, you will accept anything that comes your way and you won't be able to fight the good fight of faith. Well, that, is that the devil? How many times have y'all heard people say, Christian people in church, I don't know if it's the devil or God. That's confusion. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference between lawlessness and things that are lawful. There's a difference between things that are holy and just and right and those things that are rebellious and full of anarchy. Number five, E, emotions. Man, listen, I am probably the most emotional person in this church. I will cry at a drop of a hat. And if somebody gets a breakthrough, I'm the first one to start celebrating. But you understand, we cannot make major decisions in our lives just out of emotions. I have got hoodwinked by so many people coming through that front door. I mean, they look right, they talk right, it smells right. I'm excited, just came out of service like this, and I'm like, yeah, let's give to them. And then the next thing I know, it was all wrong. And I gave away some of the church's money. Somebody said, don't do that, Pastor. Getting emotional. Don't we be careful how emotional you get with people? I mean, really. I mean, I'm emotional. I love you. Love is an emotion, you know. But just, just don't give your heart away to just everybody. And that doesn't mean you can't love them. That doesn't mean you can't help them. But just don't give yourself away. If you're going to give yourself away, give yourself to Jesus. Then He'll protect you. He'll guard you. He'll lead you. And he'll guide you. Number six, fleshly, fleshly lust. Number F is fleshly lust. I put all of these with the right letter on. Isn't that good? Somebody said that's good, Pastor. Number F. All they kept thinking about. Let's go back to Egypt. At least we know what they were gonna feed us. You don't know what you're gonna get out here. At least we know what time supper was. It was a slave's ration but at least we ate. That's a bad mentality right there. God got something better for you. Any physical, any, well, sin, physical, and mental addictions draw us from God. Any drug that you put in your body and it bends your mind or alters your mind, it will take you away from God and eventually you won't hear the voice of the Lord. Pharmacia, that's where we get that word sorcery. The, the, the pharmacy that gives the drug. I'm not saying every drug is bad, but do your best to get off of most things that are being put in your body. Number seven, this is a G, but I couldn't come up with a word with G. <laughs> I looked, I tried just to make this real, and it, I just, it's called, it's stubbornness. I thought about Dif giving in is difficult. Giving up is difficult. Stubbornness. There was a time that the people of God were in the wilderness and they came close to where the promised land was, but the cloud was going somewhere else. And that crew took off. They, they were going to skirt around and didn't want to get involved with what the cloud was doing. And most of them didn't come back. 
they didn't make it because they left the cloud. Anybody ever hear the word presumption? It's taking matters in your own hands. That's what it means. And it, it could look like God. It could even feel like God. You ever run across anybody that says, I got to do something? They're fixing to mess up. Inquire of the Lord. The mind of the spirit leads to peace and life. Your spirit should always sense peace. It should always sense peace. I describe my peace as this velvet on the inside. It doesn't mean that something could be going wrong. It's something going wrong out, out here. Maybe even your mind, but your spirit. You just have this sense of peace. And that's the yes, that you're doing the right thing. That's the first part that the Holy Spirit plays in our life as the voice of God that you just got a peace. Keep your peace. You ever heard that? Those that stay in peace, stay in the word, you know, they'll, they'll stay in peace. You won't be uncomfortable. You won't be in discomfort. Now, it's always a challenge in whatever God calls you to do, but you go with your peace. And your peace is not a 38, you know, a piece of steel. Peace be steel. Some more get that later. Got it? You just got you got it? You got it? You got it? Okay. The Old Testament prophets usually gave direction, New Testament prophets confirmation. And so we see in the New Testament that the sense of peace is the yes or no. Same thing. The inner voice, you remember when Saul and Barnabas, God said, separate them. The Holy Spirit spoke. And so this is some more detail. This is a little more information. And so they knew what to do. They needed to separate from some other brothers and sisters in the Lord to do the work that God had for them. So that's the inner voice. And the third thing in the realm of the light that we live in is dreams and visions. This was a vision that I had in that church. I saw, in this church first, I saw something. And you actually, you understand your spirit has a spiritual body. And your spirit has spiritual eyes and hands and feet. So I actually saw something out of my spiritual eyes. And it bore witness to the Holy Spirit in my spirit. So I spoke it because God wants to help people. And so you see things. Most of the time, it's like a video running in my mind. You remember Peter on the rooftop? I mean, Peter, is he's, he's like running. He's preaching, man. He's, he's like excited. And then this sheet come down from heaven that's tied up on four sides, and they got crawfish and crabs and oysters and jackrabbits and deer and everything in it, and it's everything the Jewish people are not supposed to touch. And Peter was just like shocked, like, no, Lord, that's unclean and that's common. And God said, you kill it and you eat it. Because God said, what I cleanse is clean. And what I cleanse, you don't call common. So he was talking about reaching the Gentiles. Nobody would touch the Gentiles until they got a revelation through seeing something. Now, we can see in the Word of God. When I read the Word of God, when I'm reading the Gospel, it's a preview. It's a, it's a show. It's a, 
a video. I'm seeing Jesus walk on the Sea of Galilee. I'm seeing the disciples in the boat. I'm just seeing it in my spirit. I can. I saw Jesus die on the cross. I was not here 2,000 years ago, but I saw Jesus die on the cross in my own way, in the way he can relate to me. And it, it puts a witness in my spirit. I see him before the Father right now, standing with the blood of his own body, making intercession for us, pleading our cause. Come on, somebody. Even Paul and Abagus. You remember when Paul was going to Rome, several people had already told him, don't go to Rome, but he's going to Rome and he knows he's going to die. And then the prophet Agabus came up to him, took his belt, bound himself in the belt, and said, this is going to happen to you. And Paul said, I already knew that. So you see, he didn't need, he didn't need direction in all the details. He just got a witness in his spirit. And listen, if you got to have all the details before you do something for God, you don't need faith. You, won't, you don't have to trust God. You know it all, so let's all follow you. We will never know it all. But we know the one that knows it all. And if we know the one that knows it all, the Bible says we preach in part, we prophesy in part. So if we follow the Spirit, we will know what we need to know when we need to know it. That's why I'm standing in this building and I get this video and then I call out the word and everybody stands up. And now I'm getting to teach on it. I'm going to send it to the pastor so we can help all of these people stop stopping, stop stopping when God is moving. Conclusion. You need the fog in the fire. <laughs> That's what you need. I'm finished. But if you're not born again, you understand, if you hadn't been washed by the truth of the word of God, that he died for you, gave his life for you, and he is ready to forgive us of all of our sins. If you don't know that, that's the fog. The fog will wash you. The fog will cover you. <laughs> the, the fog will cool down your hot life. I'm telling you, the, the fog, the water of God's word will just put you in rest and peace and in agreement with the God that created you. The Bible says, and Jesus said this when the lady was at the well. He said, woman, if you drink from this natural water, you will always come back to it. You'll thirst again. You'll always come back to it. But he said, if you drink of the waters or the water that I have for you, you will never thirst again. And he said, the water that I give you, it will become in you. You partake of salvation, things become in you. You start to change on the inside. You start to see God different, yourself different, your crazy mother-in-law different, your crazy children, your boss. You just, you just get washed from all. It's really brainwashing. You get washed from all of these concepts and hurts. I think the Lord really gave me this message today to let you know when you run into an obstruction or limitations in your life, that you need to go to the Lord. You don't even call me first. You go to the Lord. You go to the Lord. You go to the Lord. If you're here today, and maybe life has been hard, if you're here today and somebody shut you out, 
shut you off or held you back. Somebody. And I'm telling you, if you don't get released from that, you'll be tormented by it the rest of your life. Hoping for something behind that door that God shut. There's nothing there. When a door shuts, it feels like you're being limited. But if you would just turn to the Lord, you would see there are opportunities everywhere. You will even see life can just begin. New beginnings. New adventurous opportunities in the Lord. You know, we can get stagnated in church. I talked about it Wednesday. You come here, you see me a lot. I know you get tired of looking at me. You come here and there's the same old blue chairs. You come here and there's the black granite. Same praise and worship leader. Same light arrangement. Every now and then you get a Michael Carson teen in here and just shakes it all up. People are like, what? Huh? What did he just say? Huh? <laughs> oh, Kevin Ray. But if you're not careful and take, if you take for granted what God is doing here, you can't receive. You won't appreciate. Once you are not appreciated by someone, you become powerless to them. Not that you not have power in the presence and the gifting, but once somebody doesn't appreciate you, take you for granted, you become powerless from them and they no longer even need you or want to be around you. We're not changing the lights in this church. There's not going to be a smog machine here. You understand? We're not bringing a smog, a fog machine here. I'm, I'm not bringing our gymnastic people in here. We're not going to have we're not going to have 65-year-old ladies jumping around and dancing up here. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so if you're looking for change in the natural, you're going to be very disappointed here. That's why churches are geared to satisfy, pacify people in the natural. It's just entertainment. Keep them alive. We got to compete with Hollywood. We got to compete with the athletic uh, sports department. We got to compete with what's on social ministry and all this. And, and so, man, all of a sudden, everybody's jumping through every hoop trying to get people to come selling shotguns, raffling it. I mean, it ain't going to happen. That's why I ask you when you come here, just come prepared. Just come with an open heart. Come like this, just looking straight up here, getting lost in the praise and worship. When the altar call comes, search your own heart. Is that is pastor by the Holy Ghost speaking to me? Are you dry in an area of your life? Are you in desperate need in an area of your life? Man, this is the well of life here, man. This is where it happens. You're here today, you want more stand up. You just want more. <clears throat> You've got a little complacent. You got a little detached. Maybe not physically, but in your mind. Maybe physically. Maybe you're not gathering with us. It seems boring. Seems routine. Mundane. Man, don't, don't let yourself go there. That's a ploy of the enemy. That's the way he gets people's attention. He gets them to take their eyes off of the presence and the power of the fire of God. 
Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the wonderful, wonderful people that are here. Thank you, Lord, there's people in this room that know how to fight the good fight of faith. They know how to reject and resist any argument, any thought, any mindset that in opposition to the word of God's integrity. Thank you that the people standing in this church today because they've been trusting you. When I say faith, I just mean trust. You don't have to see God do a thousand things before you trust him. I never saw God do anything. Never. Anything. And one day somebody said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. I said, okay. I, had, I, had, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have, you know, people think the more words you have, the more faith you have. No, no. Your faith will work. And faith is just trusting him right now where you are. If you're in a desert, you're in a wilderness, you just trust God and he'll come through to you. Doesn't mean, mean how many hours of teaching or revelation you have had or what's your seniority in church. It has nothing to do with that. It's where is your trust for God right now? Right now. Thank you, Lord. I believe with all my heart. The fog and the fire wants to operate here today. The fog in your day, that's when everything's going right. You can see it's good, but a fire in your night. Everything coming against you, all hell has broken out against you. Sometimes you don't even feel like you're going to make it through the next day. You need to fire of God. You want fog and fire? Run up here right now. Come on, run up here right now. I don't know if you're gonna get, I don't know if you're gonna get wet or get burnt. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. You need the Lord, Mandy. The door is shut. That's yesterday. Say goodbye to yesterday. Yesterday's gone. There was weeping at that door. There was mourning at that door. There was a lack of understanding at that door. But today, turn from that door. Today, turn from that door and set your affections on Jesus, your Christ, your Savior, your deliverer, your way maker, your miracle worker. Put your eyes on him. Put your eyes on him that you would never, ever have to walk in this life alone. Thank you, Lord. Kevin, why don't you come up? Sheke and Mahakal, you can come up. Seke by Thomas, y'all help us. I feel the fire of God on this end. I don't know what's on the other. Kevin, you got the fog. <laughs> fog on this side, fire on this side. Shake Fire! Fire! Light it up. Light it up. Consume the past. Consume the hurt. Consume all the whys. Consume all the thoughts of the past. Make it happen that she forgets what's behind and begins to reach towards what's ahead. Fire! Shake it, my, 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 Girl, you need to get back in the fire. 
You need to get back in the fire. You need to get back in the fire. Fire is fun. Fire is fun. Fire is fun. <laughs> fire is fun. It puts you on the edge. Puts a hope before you. Fire puts a confidence inside of you. A boldness will be shut up in your bones. Shake him out. Don't let anybody or anyone water down the fire that once burned brightly on the inside of you. You had hope. You had zeal. You had vision. Basique, strike it up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Cause it to come to pass. Never the same. Boy, you in the right place today. This message was for you, the Lord said. I want you and I want all of you. I don't care where you are. I want you. I want you the way you are. And he said, just come to me. You've been heavy laden. You've been laboring. You've been heavy burdened. You've been packing things in life that I never made you to haul around and to pack. And uh, today, I want to give your soul rest, says the Lord, in the name of Jesus. And so the Lord says that, so the Lord does that. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace, peace. Peace, peace, quit fighting. Quit fighting what's dead. Quit fighting what I'm not fighting. That's a word right there. If God's not in the fight for it, let it go. It's dead. Leave it alone. It's your past. Paul said, forget the things that are behind. But he said, reach towards the things ahead. That means in the now, right now, what you have to do right now. Forget about what's happening behind you and what you have to do right now this is the most important day of your life now now is always the most important day of your life you have to reach forward you have to lean forward you have to hope forward faith forward spirit up forward word up forward and put your eyes on things that are ahead of you and not things behind you she my god's big enough to cover your past my god is big enough to heal you from your past. My God is big enough to bring you from your past. Or your yesterday, or your day before yesterday, or last year, or the year before last year. I don't care, God says, I don't care how far you go back or how little you go back. My blood is sufficient. My blood covers you. Sheke mama, you gotta be like my daughter Rahab. You gotta put the blood on it, get your, get your household together, put the blood on it, get all your possessions behind it, and it don't matter who says what or who comes against you, you will always stand. In the name of Jesus, not a fire of God, come on. The fire of God burn away the heartache. The fire of God come upon you and, and burn the hurt, the abuse, the betrayal, uh, the nonsense. Babe, bros, fire! 